0: Carl Jung's theory on the human psyche revolved around seeing the shadow as opposite ends of the ego and the persona. The ego can be seen as a representation of your social self, you know, what you present to the world, how you present yourself in social situations and your conscious personality you know, like your conscious personality traits, how you put yourself out there. Like for instance, um, alcohol, a lot of times is seen as something that causes people to lack inhibition, all right? Drop down their usual guard that they would, you know, like act how they really would if they had no impulse control. Alright? And so I've heard some people uh, in the spiritual community call alcohol ego juice. Because it kind of, you know, it lets you... It, it kind of puts all your ego aspects out there. Um, like it enhances it. It amplifies You know, like, you would usually have a little bit more of a, you know, at least most people would have a little bit more, you know, restraint over how they act out in social situations, in public, in their behavior towards their people. You know, there would be, like, some sort of restraint, you know, social norms, barriers being followed, you know, some social tact. And alcohol makes that go away, you know, so you tend to be do things that you usually would not do, right, like, hit on somebody you usually wouldn't, become more confident, talkative, outspoken, you know, do kind of impulsive decisions, like, hit up that old text you usually never would, you know, um, <laughs> flirt with the wrong people, sleep with the peop- wrong people, uh, get into fights, you know, all that, You can see the shadow though. Carl Jung saw the shadow as the opposite. On the opposite end of the spectrum. As the ego. Alright. The shadow is your unconscious self. It is what's deep down. Your deep unconscious self. The traits. In you that you. Wouldn't. Usually like consciously recognize. Like. Like. Like your inner voice that you sometimes hear. And the reason people don't really like confronting their shadow self is because it tends to be kind of, you know, it's kind of like the ugly parts of you, the the mean parts of you that you don't really want to face, you know? Ego, there's a sense of comfort to the ego, right? Like, that's like, it's, you know, it just wants you to always be happy and think everybody else is in the wrong and that you're always right and that you know? It lets feel good all the time. Shadow's the opposite of that. It's going down to deep dark parts of you that a lot of people don't want to face. You know, like that one part of the ego, for example, could be that critical inner voice that you sometimes hear when you make a mistake. Or if you fail at something. That voice inside your head that beats you up for it. Like, oh you're such a failure, you're never good at anything, you're never good enough, you're worthless. You're a piece of shit. That's why this person broke up with you. That's why you feel this. You're never gonna win in life. That's the shadow. That's the voice. And ironically, you know, people see this, the shadow as the enemy, but in reality, a lot of times the shadow in somebody gets formed through early childhood experiences. It gets formed to protect you. It's a form of protection. Even when it doesn't seem like that, even when your shadow is hurling insults at you and being mean to you and tearing down your self-esteem, it was created as a way of protecting you. It was formed when you were young. It was formed as a way to protect your psyche, to protect you, your personality, to protect you. It doesn't seem like it, though, until you do shadow work. And that's what we'll be talking about today. So buckle up. So I didn't mention this earlier, but the background noise you might be hearing is um, my fan, because it's very like hot and humid today. And I definitely need it like out of my own comfort. So it is what it is. And then of course I got my birds that you're hearing as well because I record in my bedroom. And I'm not going to move them every time I just need to record. Um, I guess I could have waited for a day that was like less hot to like need the fan on. Um, Where I don't need the fan on. But you know how I how this podcast works is I basically just record when inspiration hits. And when I'm in the mood to talk. So I'm not you know gonna like force a schedule really like that's not really i just record what inspiration hits and when i feel like it i keeping it to a schedule is not really my thing as you may know like based on like how you know a lot of times there'll be like long breaks in between episodes but you know there can be like months in between so but yeah anyway just wanted to point that out so, with shadow work, okay, so as I kind of already hinted, it's about confronting, like, the traumatized, repressed parts of you. The You know, your flaws, your hidden subconscious desires and needs, and, um, yeah, any repressed trauma or the parts of you that you are, like, you know, you would rather erase or get rid of, but that's not good. It's just, like, the people who talk about, you know, killing the ego or getting rid of the ego or ego death in in reference to, like, drugs and stuff. Um, You know, that isn't really the move. That's not the way to go and look at things because just, like, the ego has a purpose and is there to protect you and has a you know, it's, like, if you didn't have any ego, for example, if you didn't, if you just ignored your ego completely, you would never want to brush your hair or brush your teeth, for example, you know, like, it lets you, it recognizes, it makes you actually care what you look like to others, it makes you care about taking care of your body and all this stuff, so it's not just something that's, you know, like, people, like, in, you know, kind of, like, in the mainstream are like, oh, you know, it's bad to be egotistical or have an ego or, you know, have, you know, And yeah, it is bad to be arrogant, but there's a difference between that and just getting rid of the ego completely. You shouldn't ever just ignore your ego completely or just be like, oh, I want to get rid of it. Like, that's not the move, (laughs) you know? It's kind of like those love and light, uh, and just like those love and lighters, like love and light people who uh, like to spiritual bypass. uh, For those who don't know that phrase, spiritual bypassing is basically when you, you know, are awakened you know, uh, you know, like you're you're aware that okay, this stimu- this world's a simulation, and I'm like the c- creator of my reality and can manifest what I want. When you realize you're a divine being with these kind of powers and divine love and all this stuff, once you are aware of that and your spiritual abilities, a lot of these people then take advantage of that and are just like, okay, I'm just gonna spiritual bypass all my problems i'm just gonna you know only focus on love and light and you know any negative thoughts i have i'm just gonna ignore them very deep and like i'm just you know only focus on positive thinking and positive thoughts like you know nothing's wrong in the world what do you mean like stop you know good vibes only you know no negativity whatsoever like you know the you know i refuse to believe it you know anything's wrong in the world or confront it like because love and light only you know those bullshit yeah people those are the people who yeah avoid exactly avoid shadow work and then they ignore the shadow and they just repress it further and further bury all those negative thoughts deep refuse to confront them or understand where those thoughts are coming from why they're come, why they're forming what is the purpose of them and actually instead of self-reflecting and being introspective They just repress that part of them further. And when you repress your shadow self further and further and further, it is a part of you. That's the thing. It is you. And when you ignore it and just repress it further, all that ends up happening is your shadow self works against you. Then it actually does become kind of like your enemy because you're just ignoring it. Like, no, of course it's gonna try to, like, throw a temper tantrum and, crit- and like, bring you down further and get you depressed or make you hate yourself or something because you're being a dick towards it. I mean, like, what do you expect? Like, it's crying out for attention and you're just ignoring it. You're acting like it doesn't exist and you wonder why. You might have random breakdowns out of nowhere. You wonder Why? You might have a midlife crisis. Those are people who ignore their shadows. And then, boom, they have a random breakdown, mental breakdown. They do not know why, where it's coming from. And it's like, that could have been prevented if you just done the shadow work. If you had just done the work. If you had just taken time to self-reflect and introspect. And especially during this quarantine and pandemic stuff going on and a lot of stuff being put on hold regular, you know, kind of like the regular way of society, normal way of doing things has been put on hold. It's like now the perfect time to self-reflect and be introspective and take time to just be alone with your thoughts. Now is the time to do it. So you don't really have much excuse. Of course, there are people who are, you know, still working. I'm one of those people. There's, of course, essential workers who have even worse than me. There's like, you know... So I don't know, for everyone, life's not everyone for life is on hold. But things have definitely changed, even for the essential workers. Lifestyle is still very different. You know, going out is still much more difficult. Activities are still put on hold, a lot of public events. So things have definitely changed. Social distancing, all that, whether you like it, admit it or not. Society and collectively has still changed. And pretending otherwise is just ignorant. So at the end of the day, this is like the perfect time to self-reflect and with everything going on and take a time, just be self-aware and think on these things. This is why I kind of got inspiration to do this episode because it's like, I've been really self-reflective lately as well. And this is kind of like the perfect time for people who don't know about shadow work to be introduced to stuff like this. So, um, I already talked about, so I'm going to go over, like, two parts, two ways the shadow can kind of manifest, okay? I already kind of talked briefly earlier about the inner critic, right? Which is, like, that voice inside of your head that, like, you know, can contribute to low self-esteem or is overly critical of yourself, you know, that reminds you of your flaws and your failures and... You know, like, oh, why did you do this? You look like an idiot in front of this person now. All this stuff, you know, like that. You know, inner critic. So that's one part. Now, there's another way that the shadow can manifest. And it's called the inner child. Okay? Now, this is more about repressed childhood trauma. Okay? And it can. Basically, it forms through your childhood childhood experiences, like, you know, it's basically kind of your childlike innocence growing up or taking how you were parented and raised or bullied or what have you, okay? It's formed based on any childhood experiences you had, good or bad, okay? Because that, ultimately, how you've been raised, how you grew up, what kind of childhood experiences you have, of course, influence how you are as an adult. Like, that's just basic psychology. It's just this kind of more spiritual spin on things. But, I mean, Carl Jung, I learned about in my AP psychology class. You know what I mean? Like, and philosophy. And a lot of this is... That's why I kind of have enjoyed tapping the spiritual part of this, because a lot of this stuff is, a lot of spiritual work is based on, has a lot of similarities with psychology and philosophy and stuff that is more, I guess you could say, fact, logic-based. And so it's not all just mumbo-jumbo, woo-woo shit, unprovable, no evidence like some people think. A lot of this is based on reputable evidence and studies over the years. With, like, real professors or psychologists and stuff. And the reason I emphasize that is because it's, like, an easier foundation to rely on for those who are not willing to go completely off the deep end into woo-woo shit, okay? Woo-woo spiritual stuff. Like, I know I had to ease into it because, like I said, I used to be kind of, like, an atheist, skeptical, like, nihilistic, pessimistic person who... I was still open-minded towards stuff like ghosts, because I grew up, like, with, like, you know, paranormal, like, watching paranormal shows, and, you know, the idea of ghosts and spirits and all that, you know, like, I grew up watching that shit as a kid, but, like, I was someone who was, like, even though I was open-minded to it, I was, like, if I don't see real evidence or same with religion and faith if i didn't see real you know jesus didn't actually come down i'm not gonna believe him kind of thing you know or if ghosts you don't have video evidence proof kind of thing i don't believe you kind of thing now i was open-minded but it was also kind of i was kind of like okay i can consider that it might be truth you know might not be lying but i also rather have proof before i like can see that you're right now i've gone into like okay yeah, you should still practice discernment in what to believe in. Like, not all conspiracy theories are true, for example. Not all have good evidence. Not all are, like, as believable as others. However, keeping an open mind makes it so it's, like, I don't need, like, okay, hard, concrete facts and evidence all the time to believe in something. Okay? Because sometimes it really doesn't is a matter of faith and just knowing and intuition. Alright. So back to the inner child stuff so a lot of this it it can be kind of triggering because it you know for like people who experienced like sexual abuse as when they were young stuff like that um parental abuse um any repressed childhood needs and desires that were not met growing up like if your parents neglected you or abused you or you were bullied or you were um abandoned by your friends or did not felt like you didn't fit in or were like the outcast or weren't you know or were very insecure growing up this is all part of the inner child okay and a lot of people don't embrace their inner child as an adult and it's very important to because your inner child represents that part of you that just you know enjoyed swinging on the swings that you know at parks just for the fun of it feeling like you can fly you know watching Sunday cartoons like, like things were so much more simpler and freeing as a kid like just enjoying life and a lot of people abandon their inner child because they want to grow up or society tells them to that they need to mature and grow up and that they can't have fun anymore the same way they did as kids and then like a lot of them adults forget what it's like to enjoy life or have fun or what they should do to in their free time and it's can be as simple as embracing your inner child and also of course confronting like you know the not so great fun parts of being a child like I said like the traumatic abusive parts or being mistreated or growing up insecure and hating your body or something like that you know stuff like that And also, for example, um, like if parents if your parents didn't like meet your needs growing up or neglected you, for example, that can turn into being codependent as an adult in like romantic relationships. You could end up trying to overcompensate in romantic relationships when you're older by um, wanting to be clingy or needy or you know trying to rush relationships, rush connections with people and hold on uh tighter than you should and wanting to just like feel like you to be feel complete you need another person to feel complete or that you you know can't be single and love yourself and that you know you need someone else to love you because you don't love yourself or you need someone to make you happy instead of just making yourself happy, this is all has to do with shadow inner child work, okay. Now, I'm gonna go into some steps on how you can tackle shadow work, okay? How you can like steps, specific steps you can take. Um. To confront these shadow parts of you all right so um step one you can start by identifying the personality of these inner parts of you okay so it because it really helps I feel like it really helps for our brain and minds if we are able to identify like attach a personality Right? To the inner child or the inner critic or what have you, right? All the other parts to you, to the shadow in in ourselves, okay? So, for example, like, you know, recognize, like, when the inner critic pops up, recognizing, okay, this is the inner critic. This is not really, this is, this is the inner critic part of me popping up again. And the reason I'm being mean and hurtful to myself is because this happened in my, you know, my parents... This is like what my parents told me growing up, that I was worthless, or somebody told me this, or I felt that way when someone broke up with me, or an ex, or a friend, or somebody was mean to me, and now I've internalized these bad thoughts towards myself. Recognizing the personality helps you, like, you know, attaching your personality to these shadow parts of you. Helps you realize a different, like, duality in you, okay? It makes it so you can actually be like, okay, you know, assign a label, okay? It makes it easier than just being like, okay, generic, I'm just going to do shadow work, but then not be willing, not have any way of defining it, if that makes sense. Same with inner child. Recognize when your inner child's screaming at you for attention and wants to just, like, you know, enjoy the simplicity stuff in life and wants to be innocent again and wants to have innocent pleasures in life and doesn't, before you felt like you had to grow up too fast as an adult and not, and just be focused on work, 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 you know, step two, identify what triggers that part of you to come out. Right, so like for instance, the inner critic part of you might come out whenever you make a mistake or you fail an assignment, homework assignment, or someone criticizes you, even if they don't mean anything, even if they don't mean to hurt you. I feel like some people, you know, it's easy to beat yourself up about it, and that's when your inner critic might come out, or when someone breaks up with you, you might start spiraling into depression, like oh, it's my fault, and I must have done something bad. I'm not lovable you know, it's, you know, I can never be happy, you know, find out what triggers these, your shadow to come out, find out what triggers it, what life experiences, in what situations is that part of you getting triggered to come out, you got to recognize the triggers to be able to put a kind of, you know, stop to it or recognize it for what it is. Alright, so step three, identify the purpose and function of that part of you. How that part of you got created. Just like I said, how the inner child can form, how the inner critic can form internally. Same thing. You need to identify how that came about. Reflect theorize, okay, and you know, of course, your opinions can change over time, right, you may not know at first, it may seem overwhelming to try to figure out, you know, all this stuff, and uh, un, um, unpack it all, right, kind of like, think of it like in a, um, a one-on-one therapy session with yourself, okay, just like how kind of like, if you, if you have done therapy or in a therapy session, a therapist will start off With, you know, basic background and backstory, and getting to know you, they don't. It'll take multiple therapy sessions to get through the heart and core of it all, and like to unpack everything. They don't just, you know, you can't get it all done, all the work done in just one day in one therapy session. You gotta like keep at it. You gotta, you know, whenever you, whenever you feel the urge or whenever, this the shadow in you comes out you need to kind of like reflect and wonder why and it's like a it's a ongoing process it's not something you can just do overnight and that's it just like one therapy session would not be enough to unpack everything you've been through all the problems or issues in your life same thing all right So I think that's about it for now. That's, um... Because I wrote some notes in my journal... About shadow work to prepare for this episode. And I think that's about it for now. I think I've covered, like, the basics. Um, like I said in my last episode... Uh, I, you know... There's other spiritual workers and that go more in in depth and spiritual podcasts and youtube channels that go more into depth about the shadow work and all this stuff if you want and going deep into the human psyche if you want to get more information is definitely out there but i think I about covered like the basics to get you started um so i hope see you guys soon again and I hope you really enjoyed this episode I hope you guys in, uh, are enjoying like the change um and transformation on my podcast I think it's definitely changed for the better and it fits my n- like new lifestyle and personality better because I've changed like so much and it, I feel like my past episodes weren't really resonating um like the ones from last year weren't really resonating and came from like an angry bitter dark resentful part of me and petty part of me you know uh don't get me wrong they were really funny and you know at the time and i enjoyed uh you know spilling the tea uh with people who were interested and all that but now i'm kind of over it and want to move on to my next phase of life in life and uh do something I enjoy doing and help teach others to get on the spiritual path if they want to. Um, and if not, that's okay. But, anyway, so another note is that there will be a solar eclipse in Cancer on June 21st coming up, okay? And it's gonna be intense Now, that will also mark the beginning of cancer season we have been in G- gemini season currently for most of june up to this point including today um so if you want to see how eclipses the eclipse in cancer will affect you all right and mercury is also in cancer and went retrograde yesterday, Thursday, June 18th, okay, so there's a lot of cancer energy right now, astrologically, if you want to know how these transits will be affecting you, I suggest looking up your birth chart, okay, if you have your birth time, that makes it even more accurate and better, if not, that's okay, but it's a, it's better if you do have your birth time, if you can, if not, you know, it you can still have a good birth chart, uh, information, even without the birth time. Uh, birth time just gives you, you know, your rising ascendant sign and more detail. But, um, so it, there's plenty of astrological, just look up like birth charts, um, uh, on Google, okay? Birth chart generators, what have you, get a free, there's plenty of free ones out there. Okay. And once you enter your birthplace and where, you know, where, where you're born and, you know, birth date and time, if you have it, it will give you information on what signs you have in each astrological house. Okay. in what zodiac, what zodiac signs you have in each house in your birth chart, in your natal chart. Okay. So where cancer is in that house will be where you are affected for instance I will use an example of my own chart okay I have cancer I'm a cancer moon okay meaning my moon sign is in cancer and I have my cancer moon sign I have cancer in my 12th house okay and if you and you can look up descriptions of each house if the the website you can use doesn't tell you, so for that means the twelfth house represents stuff like illness uh so the subconscious uh illusions, the dream space um spirituality all that, and so that is my path that that's the aspect in my life that will be affected okay because each house represents um different aspects in of life basically okay like for instance the fourth house represents um the home and private lifestyle and you know your comfort when you're by yourself okay The first house, a.k.a. your ascendant rising sign, represents yourself, how you present yourself, okay, your kind of, I guess you could say your persona ego, right, your persona. It's your public facing self, it is your kind of, what, your first impression of yourself, it's how you put yourself out there in the world, okay you know your second house can represent your finances okay so on and so forth okay as so just see where cancer is in your chart and that will be the aspect of your life that will be affected okay and solar eclipses are also, are very are always very intense and powerful so that's something to keep in mind Mercury going retrograde. Basically, Mercury is the planet of communication and messages and technology, okay? So, when Mercury goes retrograde, technology and communication goes wonky. That's usually when, you know, you'll see issues with emails or texts not coming through or, you know, delivery uh, issues when ordering stuff online or, you know... Communication goes funny. People misunderstand each other. All this stuff, okay? Um, And that's in Cancer, and it just went retrograde, like I said, on June 18th. And now we got a solar eclipse on the 21st. Just letting you know, for those who are interested in astrology, I know not everyone is, but for those who are, or just curious just wanted to put that out there. All right. I'll see you guys next time. All right. Love you guys. I hope you guys have a great day and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Okay. Bye.